Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,899. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm back in my hometown of San Diego, California. Should have brought my surfboard with a very special guest by the name of Wesley Smith. Wesley, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Absolutely, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, afterwards, you'll have to go out and catch some waves for me, because uh, growing up down there in the beautiful San Diego County and uh, heading to the beach, ah, you're bringing back my youth. So uh, you'll have to catch some waves and say, this one's for you, Mark. Before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into a very cool world you've created around yourself, what's one little thing that people don't know about you, Wes? Oh, gosh. You know, the fact that I'm not that technical about cars, like... Cars displacement and things like that. I'm obviously a big watch guy as well, as you as you may know. And, you know, there are a lot of collectors out there that know nothing about reference numbers and things like that. And and I'm kind of that way with cars, even though I know model numbers and things. Just the tiny little technical details under the hood, I, it's not for me. That's for a mechanic. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a little bit the same way, although I, I guess back in the day I was a little bit more into that. And when I was racing, I was definitely more into it. But cars have become so complicated now. And there's so many variations. If you take the Porsche 911, which is my favorite mark, and all the different options now available from just that car. I mean, it used to be just a T, an S, you know, or an E. And that's all you had to worry about. Now yeah. there's just all these variations. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I There's a blip on my resume of when I sold Audis and Porsches and Jaguars. And quite frankly, I think this was right as the 996 was leaving and the introduction of the 997s were coming in. And I think the goal by Volkswagen Audi Group in like 2007 was to get to 100 models across all models. Oh, my gosh. So trim levels, you know, to your point, 100. Yeah. And you think about being a sales rep and having to know that. And now with the technology available to consumers many times, and I've seen this, I walk into a dealership, I know 10 times more than the guy selling the cars because I've just spent all this time focused in on that one. And he's got to deal with all these different models and keep up with it. And by the time he learns it all, they come up with a whole new group and now they throw in this thing called EV. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's an interesting world. That's for sure. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. I want to learn more and teach more to the listeners today about what you're doing because I find it really fascinating. Wesley Smith is the founder of Standard H. Yeah, that name has a relationship to a manual transmission. It's an apparel business where he incorporates his passion for automobiles and bikes into his brand. He's a North Carolina native who's now in SoCal. Wesley is a 20 plus year veteran of the retail and apparel industry, although he looks like he could only be 20 years old. So uh, uh, you're just a very young looking guy, I think. Uh, you know, he dreamt about owning his own apparel company back when he was in high school. He cut his teeth in retail at a bike shop. There's the relationship to bikes that you'll see in his brand. And then taking his interest into surfing, uh, he worked for a surf shop as well until he graduated in college. Wesley began learning more about styling, fabrics, construction through uh, training offered while he was at J. Crew. 
a Banana Republic, those two brands. In pursuit of growing more industry knowledge, Wesley moved to Los Angeles in 2007, where he worked for James Purse, followed by Gucci, Titleist Golf, and Allen Edmonds, some big-time brands that knew how to sell a lot of apparel. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsor, so give them a little listen. Keep your seatbelts on. We're back in San Diego. We'll be right back. The best way to protect and preserve your vehicles, along with the meanings and memories and experience that they give you, is with a quality-made, custom-fit car cover from my friends at Covercraft. I purchased my first Covercraft cover from my 1967 Gia way back when I was in high school in 1975. At Covercraft.com, you'll find a multitude of indoor options, but it's the sun that you really need to worry about. Quality outdoor options include WeatherShield HD and HP, Sunbrella, and many others. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Your cover is custom tailored for your special vehicles and manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. And I've got a great deal for you. If you use the code yeah 21 at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off compliments of cars. Yeah, that's right. 10% off. Simply use the code yeah 21 yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Wesley, we're back. So I want to dive a little deeper in the corner. Let's go into this uh, brand you've created because for years when I was working in the retail industry, I sold a lot of products. I imported products, branded products. I know your world and it's very complicated and you have to learn a lot of things. So let's start with Standard H. What what went through your mind? And you said, you know what? I'm going to launch my own brand. It's not like there's not enough clothes in the world, right? Uh, but I'm going to make it a little bit different and tie it into cars, my passion. Yeah, absolutely. It was really just a function of wanting to do it. And frankly, the desire to own a brand started prior to me having a concept even, right? So I really just want, I, my passion was apparel. But then again, I have all these hobbies and, and interests such as, you know, cars and surfing, as you mentioned. And it was really while researching an idea I had, which was to get an old Volkswagen bus or a van and upfit it so that I could go surf and then sling t-shirts in the parking lot. And (laughs) then when I discovered the transmission, for whatever reason, a Google search brought up the shift gate pattern of the van. I I don't even know why, to be honest with you. But certain vans had 
a reverse that was up and to the left. Some of them have them down to the left. I guess, I don't know, maybe it depends on model year I, I, I take it. But as a result, like I saw this photo and I said, you know, that shifts on a standard H. And I was like, huh, I don't know of another brand that's called standard H. So again, another Google, right? So then I could actually apply for an LLC with this name I've now got. And yeah. So that's kind of how it started. But in 2015, when I did these Google searches, the prices of the vans started going up. So I was <laughs> yeah. about six months behind that curve. So then they were kind of cost prohibitive. So even though the the idea was cool, I just I quite literally couldn't afford to do it. But the company I could start, right? Yeah. So that that's kind of how it how it shaped um, in those early days. You know, again, a lot of our backgrounds are somewhat similar growing up in San Diego. A friend of mine and I started a screen printing business in my garage and we would create shirts and we would ride around. I grew up in La Jolla to the stores and sell our shirts to the stores. Uh, We did it out of bicycles because we didn't have driver's license yet. I actually connected a wagon to the back of my bike and we'd stack these shirts in and we'd try to sell them and they they would have themes and things like that. So I understand that, you know, That's how Ralph Lauren started, selling ties out of the trunk of his car, right? Yep, precisely. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So tell our listeners more about what your clothing is all about. What's the vibe? What's the theme? And I know it's got a car relation because I found you. I'm trying to remember how I found you. Probably was Instagram or or I don't think it was a Google search. I just came across your brand and I went, oh, this is kind of cool. And it was when you first launched that uh, ammo box that was a watch box because I yeah. like watches too. And I went, okay, this guy's got some creativity going on. So tell our listeners a little bit more about the vibe of your clothes. Right. So the clothes were really just the vibe of the brand itself is really just appreciating the past, but presented in a modern way. So I really love clean aesthetics. I also really enjoy a robust fabric. So something with like some substantial weight, because I'm also a fan of architecture. So I kind of look at apparel from a a specific perspective of like architecture for the body, right? And like, so a lot of high end designers have actually attended architecture school prior to going into fashion design. I never did. I took some architecture in college. um, So just as a fan, I've kind of shared that similar viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the kind of the impetus of of the aesthetic is clean minimalism. As you mentioned, the watch box, it's called the Defender watch box. Also, I'm a big fan of the double entendre, which, you know, the subtext of standard H is for those with drive. So you've got sort of you know, the automotive influence and aspects of the branding, but also that entrepreneurship, that drive for, you know, success and what have you. So the Defender watch box, quite literally, you think of guns as part of our defense system and then ammo can supplies ammunition. But I also love a Land Rover Defender. So again, there's that double entendre. And then I upfitted it with basically artisan made uh, trays that hold up to eight watches. There's two trays that go inside and they're all clad in Alcantara, which you as a car person know what Alcantara is. Same roofline material in a 911. I think GTS and higher, I guess it comes standard. Right. Yeah. So uh, again, it's this cacophony of uh, an intersection of all of my passions colliding into one and, and to create products as 
as much as I hate the term, a lifestyle brand. <laughs> well, that's what you have to do these days. And some you take shirts like simple T-shirts. So many people are selling them and they seem to focus more on just the graphics, but not the texture and the architecture. My father, there's something else we have in common. My father was an architect, so he taught me oh, how cool. to how to look at things and how to appreciate good quality. And that's right. The look and feel of fabric when it's great fabric is so much better. And not only does it just feel good on you, but it lays on your body well as, as well. So I love that. And in addition to the clothing line and you have hats and this the, the Defender box that I think is cool, you're also a podcaster. That's right. That's cool. Yeah. So again, the subtext for those with Drive, I just figured... What better way to build a community? This is my first business I've ever built, right? So I kind of wanted to learn myself and also spread the love for these other companies. And so I'm a big, big proponent of of all ships can rise, right? Yep. And so that's very much the drive behind my podcast. So I figured I would interview people that are maybe a little less on the radar, uh, as we mentioned pre-show, that... My podcast is not very celebrity centric. Part of that's because of accessibility, right? Like my access to them is limited. So, <laughs> but I also love finding new businesses and sharing, you know, the little guys stories. Right. And so the podcast is is about the lives of entrepreneurs and those building companies. You know, I love your brand because it's got multifaceted. It's like a little diamond just shining. You also have your standard H playlist, which I found on your website, which was fun. I've gone to Spotify and went, oh, I like this guy's choice in music. And then you also have a place on your site, Travel Ideas, place you've been. You talk about that. And we're going to talk a little bit about your philanthropy as we move forward. What was the drive, excuse the pun, behind your motivation. You said this is your first business. It's, it's a very brave thing to go out and create a business uh, when you're a young person or an old person, like when I had to reinvent myself and start to be this podcaster guy and had to become techie, which I wasn't really techie. I was more into building a brand way back when. What was the the push for you that to go out and actually give this a shot? Was it the age, the place and time you're with right now? I mean, a lot of people they get into a career, they get married, they have kids, they have a mortgage, and all of a sudden they feel like, I can't stop doing this because it's going to risk my whole family. Right, right. And I started this before I got married, so I think that was an assistance in that mentality, right? Like, right. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't plagued yet with that mentality. <laughs> plagued. Uh, you better be uh, careful what you say, young man. <laughs> yeah, so, I, but I understand, right? Like, it's, it's hard when you're comfortable or at least providing for others. Like, it, it's even more of a risk, even more of a gamble, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you got the livelihood of your kids. Now, I don't have children yet, so, uh, again, I'm not approaching it from that perspective, but for me, it was one of those things where I loved the industry, but I just, there was just something inside of me that wanted to be my own boss, mm -hmm. right? Like I really, I love to travel. Um, if I could build an e-commerce based business, in theory, hopefully one day I could do that from anywhere in the world. I'm not yet to, I am literally a one man band. So everything you see in conjunction with my branding, the the design, the photography, the web design, the the fulfillment of every package alongside a handwritten thank you note. They all come from me and this desk that you see here. Yeah, so, well, um, my hat's off so, to you. That's I know what that's like. That's a lot of work. Yeah, well, and so uh, one day I'll get to that third party logistic world and then could travel and and operate from from wherever. But 
You know, that's really where it came from. And, and also, I know you're, you're into books. Back in like 2009, I think it was 2009, 2010-ish, I read 4-Hour Workweek from Tim Ferriss. Oh, yeah. And that whole idea about optimizing your life and that sort of approach to think about what you would pay yourself, right? Like if you're making, I don't know, $40 an hour at your job, if somebody else can wash your car for less than $40 in an hour, it is worth your time to pay somebody else to do that to free up your time because your time's more valuable. I'd never even looked at my life that way before. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't even making $40 an hour at that moment. And in fact, I was making about a third of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it was just, it's a mindset. It's how you view your life. And, and that book actually was, was quite the fulcrum that, that kind of shifted focus for me. Well, and it's such a different world. We had a great pre-show chat listeners, uh, Wesley and I, and I was talking about how things have so much changed from when I was his age. And and how old are you, may I ask? I will be 42 in November. No way. Seriously, you look like you're 20. Well, I, it's it's the hat, I'm sure. Is it the hat? <laughs> no, no. You look very young. You're a very young-looking 42-year-old. Uh, but despite that, 42 is pretty young from the side of the fence I stand on right now. But I, I think back to when I was 42 and what was not available at that time, what we're doing right now, talking right. on a computer, looking at each other. I mean, that was like Jetson stuff, you know? Oh, totally. Like that. Yep. that'll happen someday? Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm old enough to know what that cartoon is. Okay, there you go. <laughs> we're getting a little, we're getting a little bit closer. Uh, when I ask my guests this next question, I always am interested in the answer, and that has to do with what I call driving inspirations. People who are mentors or successful, influential people in your life that helped you either step out and be bold with what you're doing now, or some point in your life, you've worked for a lot of great people. I mentioned it in your intro. Uh, who was a, a driving inspiration for you? You know, honestly, it was my grandfather. I mean, you know, when you're a kid and sometimes you're like, if you could be anybody in the world, who would you be? And people say like Superman and things like that. Like I've always said my grandfather. Nice. He's a saint. Like I've never heard him utter any negativity about anybody in my entire life. He's now 94. Wow. So he's he's still around. Uh, Sadly, he's not doing great, but he was just a model human being. I mean, we would be in the grocery store and he was effectively a local celebrity. He was um he had a private practice as a physician in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I mean, he was just incredible. He was athletic, I mean, he's a good-looking man, uh well-respected in the community and did a lot of philanthropy, which certainly influenced me starting my brand and trying to work alongside charities and and trying to hold that side of the business. Yeah, just an incredible man. Well, very fortunate to have him in your life, that's for sure. My grandfather lived Certainly. a long way away. I rarely ever saw him, and back in those days, long-distance calls were expensive. My mom, every month we would call, and she would literally put an egg timer in front of me, three minutes, and when that ran out, I have to flip it, and it was my sister's turn to talk to my grandma and my grandpa. They were farmers and ranchers in Texas, so he was this larger-than-life cowboy I mean, he rode horses and had cows, you know, but I rarely ever got to see him. I wish I could have spent more time. So you're very fortunate. If you were going to advise somebody to step out of their comfort zone and start their own brand, no matter what industry they wanted to get into, what would be a key piece of advice you would offer them? Uh, Certainly to stay focused. And and I don't mean that from like a businessy type of thing. I mean, like stick to your vision. 
because you know your business better than anybody. It's almost like being a parent and asking for child advice, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. you know your child better than anybody else knows your child, including their pediatrician. So yeah. it's one of those things that if you have a vision, and this was a really hard thing for me to stick to, honestly, early on, and I'll go into that later, but just stick to your vision. Like, if you if you honestly set out to do your job creating this company and this vision, just stay the course. Just ignore everybody. Yeah. You, and, and make a lot of mistakes because you will. Like you're going to make a ton of mistakes. Yeah. And they're unfortunately usually financially related. <laughs> of course. So, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. And as I say, have a long runway built up. At least save up some money because you're probably going to need it for a little bit while. And don't go into debt if you can do that at all costs. Do not go into debt. All very sound advice. Yeah. You know, it's funny, if if you've ever owned a home and have renovated it or built a home, I think like the joke is double the time and triple the money. Oh, yeah. Or, or triple the time and double the money. It, it, yes. An apparel business is at least that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Worked in, in a similar industry for a long time. It takes yeah. a long time to build a brand and it takes a lot of money for sure. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge. So keep that in mind. We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARS yeah when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about a big challenge, big failure, big wall you hit. It doesn't really matter. What's more important here is the lesson it taught you so that you can move forward in a positive way. I always say, be bold and dare to fail. Sure. Uh, and I've heard that from many, many guests. So uh, take us on a little bit of a, a choppy ride since we're in SoCal and the, the waves are lapping in my mind here. Right, right. Yeah, since the weather's perfect, it can't all be, you know, rainbows and butterflies, right? <laughs> but um, 
So the thing is, is early on, I kind of alluded this or alluded to this earlier. So I created this logo. It's a very minimalistic logo. It's the shift gate pattern, right? So like I didn't create it, I guess you could argue, but it became my logo and it was very popular. So what I did and, and I sort of categorize this or, or I name this is like I started to chase demand as opposed to create products that I wanted to create. So, oh, amazing. You like the logo? Well, then I'll put it on hats. I'll put it on t-shirts. I'll have stickers. I'll do this. And it's logo, logo, logo. And I'm not a very logo-centric person. Like, I'm just not. So with the release of the Avantis, which I released this year, there's no logos on anything. There's some branding on it, but there there aren't logos because, again, this goes back to vision and, and just maintaining the course. And so what I what I started to do was was chase demand. And then I just found out that, well, you know, maybe these aren't selling as well as I thought they would. And so I started to sort of reel that back and, you know, go away from the graphic t-shirts. Although I still offer the graphic t-shirts from a logo standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing outlines of cars and variations of the font and things like that. And I was just like, this isn't really what I wanted to do. Yeah. And that is a really tough, yeah, I mean, and it's a tough realization to wake up to. It'd be like, oh, because I've just invested in the screen printing, as you've mentioned, and the blank t-shirts and the shipping to and fro. And so, and then let alone the fact that I'm now sitting on this inventory. Oh, yeah. So then you got to like mark stuff on sale and which I don't think is a good look for, for a multitude of reasons. But, um, so that, that was like the biggest kind of rude awakening. And ever since I went away from that, I've started to build far more, more, far more momentum. Yeah. And, um, it's felt great. I think it's a really important lesson you just shared with the listeners today. If for anybody who's starting a brand is, yeah, you need to create a focus and stay on that line. It doesn't mean you don't modify it and move around a little bit because you're going to have to. It's just like an airplane. They don't fly in one direction. There's always winds blowing it around. They've got to readjust all the time. But sure. I think that's really important. And staying true to yourself. Uh, most definitely. If you look at the great brands out there, I mentioned uh, another car guy, that guy who likes polo ponies, Ralphie. Think about what he did over the years and how he built his brand. But when you look back at that brand, it's been the same since the beginning. Yeah. And now it's made variations and it's modified, but it's sure. the same thing. I remember my first polo shirt. I went from wearing a hang ten with the two little feet. Yep. I don't know if you're old enough to remember those. Oh, don't, I I used to sell it at the surf shop. Oh, yeah. okay. The Hang 10 and then this thing called Lacoste with an alligator came out. And that was yep. the latest cool thing, which had her tie to tennis back tennis, in the day. Yeah. yeah. And everybody had to wear that. And then this polo guy came along. And if you were really cool, you had a polo shirt, you know. Yeah. All those brands, well, Lacoste didn't do it. And they kind of went away. They've tried to bring that back now. The, the real successful ones, the ones that have always been around, always stayed on target. They always stayed on task. And I think Ralph Lauren was super successful, well, I don't think I know, on setting what his brand was all about and just staying with it for decades. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't change lanes. Just don't get off the road. You know what I mean? Like, stay on the road. And I think, I mean, nobody's done that better than Ralph. I mean, period. Yeah. Incredible what he's done. When you think about your bucket list, if you look ahead, I'm not going to go too far because it's hard to go far out, but let's say three years from now, where do you see your brand? Where would you like it to be? Well, certainly growing. Again, I mentioned sort of a third party logistics type of approach to fulfillment, things like that. 
things that are maybe slightly more automated uh, from that perspective. Mm -hmm. That's certainly a goal. And then creating more products. I want to grow the assortment. The Avant tee, which is a pocket t-shirt I launched this year, was the first of the signature collection. And I want to grow that side of the business. So I've launched a pair of shorts as well very early on. Ideally, I want to kind of reinvigorate the shorts that I've made um, into something new. I also want to do a jacket, some outerwear pieces. Yeah, so just growing that assortment. I th- those are the two main ones, I would say. I follow a YouTube uh, couple, my listeners have heard this, Sailing La Vagabond. Okay. And it's an Australian couple that have spent the last five years literally sailing around the world. Uh, they incredible. started on a monohull, then they bought a catamaran, which they did this incredible deal with a company that wanted their brand because their YouTube presence said they have over a million viewers. Now they've sold that and they're building a custom trimaran. Say since then, they've had two children on a sailboat sailing around yeah. the world and lived through COVID, which if you think COVID is hard for us, imagine being on a boat where they won't even let you come into a port. Right. Uh, really right. tough. But the reason I mentioned them is your idea of automation. She has created a line of swimwear that she's also, and they do clothing as well. It's branded clothing. Nothing is fancy and as nice as yours, but they put their logo out there for people. But she does a very nice line of swimwear. And I, I thought when she did it, how on earth is she producing a line of swimwear from the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? I, But she uses that third-party group, a company out of LA. Um, she kind of set the tone. They helped her. I don't know what kind of margins she's into, but the fact that she could even do it and produce yeah. a YouTube from a sailboat with two little kids. I mean, it's a whole new world. So sky's the limit. You can do anything you want. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think, and I've said this too, like, so going back to your question about what piece of advice would I give somebody, if you have any inclination and or access to build an audience prior to starting something like a clothing line, um, YouTube stars do this constantly. They'll build a million followers. I mean, just running the math, right? right. Like. of a million is a lot of t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) You know? And so if you can build an audience first, be it social media, you know, Instagram, YouTube, what have you, by all means, do it. Yeah, Yeah, it helps. (laughs) Because then it's it's just a percentage game. Oh, exactly, exactly. Back when I started in the business I was involved in, we were shipping catalogs out in the mail and trying to build an audience that way. And it's a very expensive way to do it. Uh, because there was no way to build an audience back then. That, it didn't exist, you know. So uh, you you printed a bunch of catalogs, which meant all that production cost and the printing cost and the mailing cost was all up front before the first phone rang. That's right. And you sat there yeah. and went, please ring, please ring, please ring. Somebody please buy something. from." And you had to get all that inventory and, and put it on a shelf and people in the warehouse going, any orders today I can pack? Uh, yeah, it's a different it's yeah. a different world today, but kind of the same. It is, you know, but I would say that the the mail catalog business is still fairly robust. I mean, I get catalogs from brands, you know, before we started chatting, you're like, I'll never share your information. I don't know how I'm getting these catalogs because I've never shopped from these brands before. (laughs) So somebody's selling my stuff. But uh, a lot of brands are still relying on the catalog. And obviously, if it's proven or else they wouldn't do it because 
the analytics must support it, you know? Yeah, it's an interesting world. I think it's kind of come back around. I always wanted to get out of having to mail catalogs because it was so expensive. Oh, totally. And a lot of businesses and brands similar to what I was doing are all online. They've never printed anything. So my hat's off to them for figuring that one out. But uh, it's a different world. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Now, I know on your website, I found your first car, which was maybe not so fancy, an 88 Ford Taurus station wagon. Is that right? Yeah, that was a hand-me-down from my mom as far as like just what I would take to high school at the time. And then when I graduated high school, going back to my grandfather, he gifted me his 88 Jeep Cherokee Laredo, which was incredible. Like I loved that car. I've actually spoken recently on my podcast about how I just kicked myself for selling it. That that was super special, you know, just memories of of taking the Cherokee to concerts in the summer, loading friends up in the back and uh, probably overloading, frankly, <laughs> yeah, from a legality standpoint. And it was super fun. So yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of really important cars. I had a Volkswagen GLI. It was a 04. Um, was, that a, was that a Jetta? It was. Yeah, the Jetta GLI. We had one of those. That was the first new car my wife and I bought brand new when we got married in 1984. Oh, that's so funny. It was a great car. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm a GTI lover and still driving one today. I have a 17 GTI, but the GLI is what I drove from North Carolina to uh, California in 2007. So that one's pretty special too. Yeah, we put over 140,000 miles on that car. Drove it a lot. Oh, yeah. Went skiing a lot in that car. Had our first child with that car. Yeah, I like that car. Amazing. It was It was fun. And plus it was our first new car. So that made it Kind of special as well. Uh, I'm going to crawl in your head a little bit here, okay? I'm going to be your car psychologist. If you were manifest as a vehicle, Wesley, what would you be, but more importantly, why? You know, I, I'd like to call myself an Audi RS6 Ooh. Avant. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason why I say that is because it's good at a lot and exceptional at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know it's, if I'd say that about you, Wes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's um, you know... Yeah, I mean it, it. It's quick, but it's not the fastest. It's utilitarian, but it doesn't hold the most stuff. It's it's one heck of a grocery getter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that's um, an awesome car. And it, Love that car. And and it's yeah. And I'm I'm not saying I'm beautiful. I'm saying the car is beautiful. <laughs> but it, it has multi uses. I've always been a wagon fan. Totally. Never had one. I've never been able to talk my wife into it. She kind of likes the uh, the SUVs or our, our X5 is an SAV, they call it. But because she's petite, she likes to be up high to be able to see things. But I always liked that wagon because I traveled Europe a lot back in the day and you'd see wagons all over that you couldn't get here. Remember that first uh, Audi wagon, the four that they came out with, they couldn't import them here? Oh, I wanted one of those so bad. Yeah. Yeah. One of my goals, I think I'm, I'm optimistic anyway that they're going to bring out the RS4. Avant. That'd be cool. Because the RS6, I think, has done okay here stateside since they re-released it. You know, my dream car, honestly, would probably be an RS4 Avant. And I, like you, I, I have a very, like, European sensibility and approach to things. I mean, I guess, hence my GTI. But, um, yeah, I, I love those things. Yeah. Well, the, G- amazing. the GTIs are cool. My first new car was a first-gen Scirocco, 79 Scirocco. Oh, sweet. Uh, but uh, I don't know if it's still there. Uh, Mission Bay Volkswagen? Down there on Highway 5, across from Mission Bay? I 
I think it's called something different now, but there is a Volkswagen dealership right there. So I'm sure it's the same. Yeah, yeah that's where I got it. Drove it off the showroom floor. So uh, yeah, nice. that, was, that was a great car. Had that car for many years too. You know, I talked earlier about giving back and you are very big as an advocate and having an advocacy. I mentioned, or I didn't mention, but there were a few things I saw on your website that had some meaning to you. Can you go through those? Heart and Armor, Jimmy V Foundation and 1% Back to the Planet. Yeah, so Heart and Armor is, um, it focuses on veteran mental health. In the world we live in, I think we all need some mental health uh, reprieve from now and, you know, now and again. Their thing is, you know, PTSD and the science behind it. So they're, they're really dedicated to, to supporting those veterans in that fashion. And my grandfather, yet again, uh, he actually served in both the Army and the Air Force. So, wow. and my brother served in the Air Force. So, the the troops are very much um i hold them in a very high regard you know obviously we're very lucky because freedom isn't free um not to get too political or anything but it's uh especially now yeah, gosh yeah <laughs> no but what's I, going on but i'm right there anyway with you. that's off topic but um but yeah these people need looking after and, and yes. help and support and yeah. uh, to show our appreciation i do that but um Jimmy V Foundation. I'm an NC State graduate. Jimmy V was the the basketball coach in the early '80s, and um, yeah. when we won the championship, most notably, and famous for the "Never Give Up" speech at the ESPYS. I have loose connections with the Valvano family, and and love to support that. Obviously, that's a cancer foundation, so yeah. Yeah. Um, that's important to me as well. Obviously, it's a devil of a disease, and and you know any any resources that can be donated to, to that approach. And, and um, it's, it's, it's amazing what they're doing. And then 1% of the planet or for the planet rather was, um, was actually founded by the Patagonia founder and CEO, Yvonne Chouinard, which is another great book, by the way, he wrote one called let my people go surfing, which is an incredible <laughs> yeah. read. Yeah. <laughs> and what Yvonne's done with that foundation that basically says 1% of your sales gets donated. So not profit. And, and honestly, any contribution I donate to these organizations is all based on uh, top line sales, not profit. Wow. So, Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really important. Um, there's no reason we can't, again, it's all ships rise type of mentality. You know, um, let, let's, let's attack these things together is kind of my viewpoint. Well, my hat's off to you. Uh, that's one thing I've learned after my many years on the planet is where we're giving back is when we are at our best. And there's so many people that could use some help. Definitely veterans, PTSD. I've had many guests on the show here that tied their business ties to that and helping people that have that affliction. Cancer has... Uh, Taken some of my family members, and uh, my mom's a many 40-year cancer survivor now. I mean, you wow. know, yeah, hats off to her. Um, but we've lost some family members to cancer, and of course, the planet needs all the help it can get. So uh, my hat's off to you for all those great ways of uh, supporting and being an advocate for many things. And you mentioned the book, Let My People Go Surfing. I've read that. Uh, I love Patagonia, that brand. I tell you, when I moved up here, I didn't even own a raincoat 27 years ago because I came from wow. your city where you don't need a raincoat. I came to the Pacific Northwest where you need a raincoat. And I bought a pad my first Patagonia raincoat. I still have it to this day. Still looks almost brand new. And I've worn it many, many times. Great brand. Great. Is there another book you might want to recommend? Um, besides the four-hour work week, let my people go surfing. Could be business or car related, self-help. Yeah, you know, I'm a big collector of coffee table books. Oh, yeah. Which is like that's cool. is not business related no, necessarily. No, but, but that but that's fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I've I actually tons of books on watches and stuff. You know what book I'm starting is um, Is This Anything from Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I haven't started it yet, but I, I hear it's a great read, so I got that. I, I want to start that soon. Yeah, well, another car guy. Yeah, he's got a few cars. Holy cow, I'd like yeah, to have his, totally. his Porsche collection. All right, I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive. Uh, I have the magic ability to allow you to pick any vehicle, any road, and any person that you're traveling with. So what does that ride look like for you? Okay, so Western North Carolina is near and dear to my heart. So anywhere up to and including bits of the Blue Ridge Parkway would have to be on that list. A 911 GT3 Touring is probably <sighs> what I'd have to go with there. Nice. Um, just be- in a manual, obviously. I think uh, the person in the passenger side, it's going to be have, it, it, I'd have to like have a lottery. I have too many friends that love cars <laughs> yeah. that like I can't pick one because God forbid they hear this and they're like, are you kidding me? You're taking him and not me. <laughs> yeah. um, or I could just default to my wife. Yeah, that's usually <laughs> the safest thing to do. You know, uh, but she hates spirited driving. So oh. um, she's not coming. <laughs> yeah, my wife's the same way. You know, she calls me LMM, last minute mark. Uh, when we're coming to up to an exit, she's like, aren't you going to get over? And I go, I can pass four more cars. You know, <laughs> it's like, why do you do that? It makes me crazy. Yeah, she grabs the door handle, puts her foot on the floor like she's hitting the binders. Yeah, she yeah. Uh, that that got you out of trouble with your wife right there. That's a good way to, to do it. But we'll pick one of your best friends. That way they'll all think you're, you're your best friend. But that new GT3 Touring, uh, that's on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to have that in the garage one day. It's it's an incredible car for sure. I think it's uh, going to be there one day. I have no doubt. Uh, you have taken us on a wonderful ride today, my friend. I'm so happy we got to connect. You know, it's funny how we have a lot of things in uh, similar to our backgrounds. Uh, I love yeah. to see that you're successful and you're doing what you love and you're tying in your passion for cars and bikes into that. Before I let you go, would you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or advice? Hmm. Yeah, you know... Honestly, I just feel like kind of the the stay focused. I, I'm a big manifest destiny type of person. Uh, I also like just appreciate speaking things into existence as well. It's a little woo woo maybe, but uh, basically that's exactly how I met my wife. Like I, I, I was having a conversation with uh, my then roommate and the next day I met my wife. So Maybe, maybe that is just a complete and utter coincidence, but you know, I, you know, believe in yourself. I would say speak it into existence. I'm also big on a whiteboard, meaning like a dry erase board, you know, writing things down, note taking, vision boarding, whatever you want to call it. Big proponent of that because. It also keeps yourself accountable when it's sitting in front of you, staring back at you. You know, it's, it's so true. It's kind of like the book Think and Grow Rich, you know. You, mm, if you, right. What you think about most is what you focus on most. What you do most is what you focus on most. And typically, that's where you'll be successful. So, uh, yeah, that's a great way to end up with a wife, too. So be careful what you think about, you know. You might you might just get it. So I like yeah. that. I think it's great. Uh, very What's good. What's the expression? It's like... if. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Yes, that too. Yeah. There's there's also that. There's some, all sorts of great ones out there that are really, really <laughs> true, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's what you focus on most is what will get done. So uh, I think those are all great sayings. Uh, what are the many ways people can follow along with your brand, Standard H? Sure. Uh, the website, standard-h.com. Online, you know, through Instagram primarily, you can DM me anytime you want. 
I read everything myself. It's at standard H underscore. Uh, and then of course the podcast and, you know, the list of guests and such is standard H underscore podcast. Um, but anything and everything is certainly found on that website. Like I said, standard hyphen H.com. Great. Awesome. I'll put a link to all of these things on Wesley's show notes page in the Cars yeah website. Just go to cars. type in Wesley Smith and you'll find standard H. And I think if you're a, a car guy, a quality per or gal, a quality person, uh, check out standard H. They've got some great products there. Uh, I think you're going to be really happy with what you, uh, uh, purchase online and get. And of course, you get a nice little note from Wesley too. I like that you do that as well. I do the same thing. Wesley, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, or maybe we grab uh, some boards and go surfing together, I'll see you down the road. Yeah. Awesome, Mark. Thanks again for having me. This was great. Mm, pleasure's all mine. Cars yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up! A fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!